Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here. I'm really excited because we've got kind of a different interview today. And as you know, my outdesk were the leading uh, company in real estate virtual assistance. We've helped over 5,000 companies and agents just like you, Nikki, grow and scale their business. If you stay to the end, we're gonna give away a, a, basically a copy of our book. Nikki, did you know we just finished a book? I did not know that. Ooh, you got to get it. You got to get it. So okay. here with us live, we've got a bunch of people kind of chiming in right now. Um, but if you're here with us, just let us know. Just let us know where you're from and in the chat where you're from and how hot is it? It's going to be, I'm going to just start. Nikki, I don't know how hot it's going to be where you are, but in Sacramento, California, I'm writing this down right now. Sacramento, it's going to be 107 today. <laughs> I love that face. <laughs> and if you're listening, guys, we've got a really special uh, guest. Nikki Bochamp, we're, we're here. This is crazy. She's done, what is it, 20 years selling real estate in New York City? Is that right, Nikki? Just about, almost 20 years, yeah. Almost 20 years. So we're going to hear all kinds of things about about her and the journey and what's it like to be there. Um, in 2014, Nikki joined Ingalls and Volkers in New York City as one of the founding advisors when the Park Avenue brokerage office opened. So that's gonna be exciting. And you and I were talking, you're like a concert, uh, what'd you say, clarinetist and pianoist. Yes, yes, that is correct. Um, do you remember that movie, well, the TV show Fame? which then yeah. became a movie, which they then became a movie again. I went yeah. to that high school. Bam. That's awesome. And, and, and it's one of those learn how to be an artist and learn how to produce music it, kind of school. It, it's, it, it's great because it's audition based. And yep. so you have to audition to get in and you have half of your day is your art, whether it's mm -hmm. you know, instrumental or vocal or drama or dancing. And the other half wow. of the day is academics. So it's actually a pretty intense experience, but a lot of people say they hated high school. I loved high school. Sure. I had the best time. I made the best friends growing up being a practicing sort of musician, first piano, then clarinet. And I'm still in touch with all of my friends. In fact, I'm going to a birthday party, I think, this weekend. I love it. I love, I went it. To high I love school it. And middle school with. Who you went to high school and middle school with. Yes. That's awesome. Well, guys, we're, we've got a real treat. Nikki is an award-winning multilingual. What, what languages do you speak? So I speak Spanish fluently. I also, I need to practice my Russian a little bit more. Uh, and I can understand Portuguese and I can sort nice. of get along in most languages. It's a fun, fun skill to have. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and she's a global real estate advisor nearly two decades. Um, I love this. You're a native Manahitet? So I was born and raised in Manhattan. So, oh. yeah, I 
left a hospital in Manhattan and went home to an apartment in Manhattan. And I have lived here almost my entire life, minus I spent some time living between New York and London before real estate. Um, but basically, I am a native man, a native New Yorker, Manhattan, no less. How do you how do you say that, Manhattanite? Am I saying that right? There you go. You got it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm getting that. Um, what I love about your business is it's very global, which is different because a lot of people are coming to New York and and your kind of history and kind of the way you actually serve your clients are different. So we're gonna dive in. And before we do, I just want to say thank you for being here. I know this is a give back project for you. You're just kind of like helping our clients and helping people understand what's it like to sell in New York. So thanks for being here today. This is it's actually really, really fun. As I sit here thinking about it, I think this is my very first Facebook Live like interview what? thing ever. What? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, well, we're going to go deep with you. Let's start. Um, and I know you're you're quoted by New York Times all the time. You're in men's list. You're Swan Pool top 200 most influential people. You get you are the real deal in New York City. So I I love that we're we're getting a chance with you today to kind of but uh, dive in. But how did you get started in real estate? How do you go from that school speaking all those languages to landing in real estate? So. It was never my intent to end up in real estate. I was in finance and technology and because I was born here and I grew up here, I went to public schools here. I went to public elementary school and middle school and high school. And then I went to NYU because it was a good idea. It made, it made sense for a number of reasons. So every time someone moved to New York, people would say, hey, in the office, you need to talk to Nikki. She'll let you know where, where, what you should, what you should think about, maybe schools, you know, what things are fun. Because everybody always says, oh, it's New York is too hard to live in, it's too expensive. You know, how am I going to raise a family here? All of these things. So I would, I would get those questions, and then I had a very good friend at the time, and I would say, okay, well, now you should talk to my friend, my friend Jay. And that went on for a couple of years and every once in a while she would say, can you like get a license so I can pay you a referral fee? I said, no, I don't need, I don't need a referral fee. <laughs> I just want to make sure that, you know, my friend, my colleague is getting a great person to work with who will help them get what they need. Right. And one year she showed up at my holiday party and the referrals I sent her that year, just those referrals had paid for a brand new car outright for her. And she says, well, you know, if you get your license, I can do something other than give you, you know, like a coffee gift card because you're, you can't make a referral fee to someone right. who doesn't have a license. And then I said, well, you know, maybe I'll take a look and I'll sit for my license. And so right. I, I had some vacation time and I sat and I took did my license. And then a couple of years went by and I said, oh, I'm, you know, I think I'm ready for something new. I was a little yeah. burned out. Burned out. Sure. Not surprising, you know, finance real in New York. So then I started uh, selling. That's, That's awesome. basically how I got into it. It was totally an accident. I love it. Not I love it. Hey, everybody. Daniel Ramsey here, and I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business 
right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistants. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants, and I wanna give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M-O-D, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how My Outdesk can transform your business today. It's been good for you and your family, is what you're saying. It's been, it's been very good for my family. My, my mom passed away last year, and if I had been in a different industry or in my past career, I right. would never have had the ability to sort of structure myself to be able to be there as much as I was in the years that she was quite ill. That's amazing. Well, let's let's talk about what what made you choose your current brokerage and how do you serve your clients that is like that's different or like how do you kind of stand out in New York City? Well, so it's actually really funny. I was at an Inman conference and I connected with an individual. It's actually a really funny story. I was standing with someone that I had only known through uh, Twitter and then later Facebook and it was our first time meeting each other and she was going to run off to go see a show. But she's like, we need a photo. You know, it doesn't happen if we don't have a photo. But for us, it was just like we want a photo together. So we were trying to do the whole selfie thing. This is before everybody was great at selfies. And I still suck at selfies. I actually keep taking (laughs) selfies. So we asked the guy who was standing at this uh, cocktail party to take our photo. Yeah, And he took our photo. And then I heard his voice. And I said, you know, you said something interesting during one of the sessions that I actually didn't agree with. So I kind of not necessarily started an argument, but I started a very spirited discussion. He and I became friends. He eventually introduced me to the CEO of ENV, which now ENV Americas. And uh, we had some discussions when they were thinking about opening up in New York City. And then I eventually made the switch. I thought it would be a really good fit for me because my business is sort of twofold. It's the people who are here in New York, the people who are here in the United States, but it's also the people who are coming from overseas because of my background and friends and family connections. So it was kind of a perfect, a perfect match. And so that's yeah. why I made the switch. And I was actually the, basically one of the very first. That's awesome. I love it. Um, okay. So 
Uh, let's let's dive into some of your cooler deals. Whoa. Um, what I mean, being in New York City, so you have like celebrities, you have huge deals. Like, talk to us about one of the craziest or coolest kind of New York deal that you've been on. My craziest deal, and it's still my craziest deal until this point in time. Some have Good. come not even close. Um, I was uh, contacted by someone who had received my information from someone on Facebook and they had a co-op that they were interested in selling. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I sell co-ops in Manhattan. This is perfect. Yeah. Um, And we go back and forth and we're having these conversations and we never quite get to the let's have a conversation. And one, one day I get the email, I'm going to be in New York during this week. We should meet. I'm like, okay, this is great. And I finally get the address, but I not only get the address, I get sent a link because the apartment had been a wall street journal house of the day. And I open up this link and I click on it and I, and I just like my jaw drops because it's like the craziest interior that I have ever seen in my life. Um, I will say it was crazier when I was there in person. It was certainly very interesting. Um, If you Google um, steampunk apartment in New York City, um, it will come up. It got a a great deal of coverage. It was actually on, it was on, um, it was listed with with another broker. I was the second broker. so it had been on a TV show. We got tons and tons of, it was featured in an interior design magazine. AOL did some videos on it, but it's like crazy, crazy stuff. That is still my craziest uh, transaction. We then had to strip all the stuff down off the walls. And if you Google for like the pictures in the video, it will blow yeah. your mind. And I remember that while we were having the items stripped down was also when Hurricane Sandy happened in New York. Um, so it was, uh, it was a long, it was a long process from the point of the initial conversations, then actually listing the apartment, then actually getting the apartment, as I like to say, de-steampunked and oh then God. getting it sold. And once we got it de-steampunked, we actually had multiple offers. Right. So did the previous and then, broker, wait, 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 there's more. Yeah, yeah. Right before we were about to close, there was a flood. <laughs> so huh. then I had to, the owner had moved out. So I had to help manage sort of that process interfacing with the co-op. And also there was a, a commercial space. So yes. So it was just all sorts of fun. What did that, um, what did that property sell for? Just out of curiosity. It was, uh, one, one, four something. One, four. Cool. One, four. Yeah. Still crazier than my like tens of millions of dollar deals. That still is the (laughs) deal ever. I mean, even that deal to recover from it, I went on a vacation at the end of the year. I okay. bought myself a brand new bag. I brought myself a piece of jewelry. And it's actually, it's this, this bracelet here, this specific okay. one. I bought myself after that transaction. And I wear this bracelet 99% of the time because it reminds me that, you know, you get, you get through to the end. 
Yeah. What was challenging about the deal? It was, I mean, the, the decor of the apartment was certainly challenging to call it, uh, mildly to call it that. Um, and that was probably the most challenging thing of all. And it's this, this idea, more, more press. Sometimes, sometimes an apartment is so unique that the only person who wants the apartment is the person who customized it to that yeah. level of uniqueness. So yeah. I talk to my clients now about this apartment and I explain to them the challenges that were involved and how long it took to sell. Remember there was a broker before me and then I had it for a ridiculously long period of time because it was that challenging and you really have to take that into account, especially when you're doing renovations and you know, you, you have to think of these things. Right. And so did you go to the, I'm, I'm guessing you went to the seller and said, look, I can't sell it as is. You got to spend money and, and change it up. Well, we had that conversation the yeah. day I had the initial listing, um, yeah. the listing discussion. And he would say, well, you know, let's, let's give it X period of time. And then, you know, another inquiry. I even had people who I had, I had an inquiry who wanted to come and get married in this apartment in it in it and um it's it's a pretty i i i that still blows my mind because i can't imagine anyone wanting to i just don't i don't see the theme of that apartment as um wedding i just i can't see it even now <laughs> i'm thinking about it and i'm going i i, I don't know it, but it was fascinating. So every time we got another press inquiry, it was the, oh, well, maybe this is going to help. And it's like, well, this is going to be great. We're going to get more interest, but still the same, the same feedback is going to come in. People come in and it was so overwhelming that you overestimated the amount that it was going to cost to undo it. Yes. Yeah. And I would say to the owner, well, you know, they're coming in now they're saying, you know, it's going to cost them $150,000 to undo this. And I, I know for a fact that's not true. And eventually he did get to the point where he agreed to, to do it. Yeah, I totally get it. Hey, I, I was looking, Nikki, you've got kind of a, a, a diverse background, finance, um, negotiations, marketing. I mean, help us understand how that has helped you negotiate a lot of uh, you know deals and serve your clients at a high level. Like what are some of the experience and pitfall things in that kind of diverse background to be in the real estate world now? I think actually when I came into real estate, I probably never anticipated the degree to which um, my tech background would be a little bit helpful. Um, from a marketing perspective, it helps you to be creative and sort of look outside of the box. And at yeah. the end of the day, especially being in New York and dealing with co-ops, yeah, I mean, condos and co-ops with co-ops, when someone is buying a co-op, they have to disclose their everything. Uh, everything. So, yeah. and you also, you're telling the story of this purchaser to this board of directors. And right. one of the key components is that financial ability. So yeah. you're now taking someone's, someone's financial life and trying to explain it to a group of people who may or may not have a finance background. So it's like, right. how do you take someone who 
works for a hedge fund and they've got all the K-1s or they, you know, or they work in three different states. How do you distill that to something so that when you're looking at this as a board member and you go, okay, I get it. They have enough money to buy the apartment. They have, they, they meet, you know, you've got to make it simple because otherwise it's just, it's like a giant jumble puzzle that sure. you can't really put together. So that has actually been super helpful for, oh. for me, for sure. And then also being able to analyze things just sort of like on, on the fly even. Well, but, New York's even, even a stranger market in the sense that you guys don't like, there's typically you guys don't put stuff on MLS or, and I know the listings are kind of wonky and all that. So we, so um, I'm a member of the Real Estate Board of New York here in, in yes. New York, yes. right? The Real Estate Board of New York has, you know, something like 17,000-ish members. Yep. Uh, about four, 13 to 14,000 of them are residential. Mm-hmm. Through the Real Estate Board of New York, we have what's called the RLS. That's our listing service through which when I have an exclusive listing, it, that's how I share. That's how the listings mm-hmm. are shared amongst the brokerage community. So sure. people think, oh, my God, you know, you don't have an MLS. How do you, how do you know so-and-so's listing? Well, I open up my computer, I open up my browser and I search and I will see if you have an exclusive listing and it's in, it's in the system, I will see it and I will call you and I'll make an appointment and, you know, hopefully yeah. it'll lead to a deal together. It's not as abstract and foreign sounding as it seems to the outside world, I think. That's like the number one question I get from all of my friends all the time. Well, how do you work? Well, it's, I kind of work the same way that you do. It's just... It, it's the same, but it's different. What's different about it? Like, I explain the differences. Well, I think that everybody is used to sort of the traditional MLS structure. And because they hear, oh, New York City doesn't, there's no MLS, they think that it's the Wild West and that if I have a listing and, you know, broker B across the street has the listing, that we can't work together that there's no cooperation and that's the furthest from the truth you know i'm the first i'm the first person to say to someone if you come into one of my listings and you don't have a broker i will i will advise you that if i'm the listing agent i represent the seller right and you should have someone who represents you right makes sense especially with co-ops it's just it's yeah so we're a lot it's, it's complicated, and I think that, you know, each person in the transaction should have someone who's advocating in their best interest and has their fiduciary at heart. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, guys, if you're listening right now, at the top of the hour, we talked about grabbing a copy of our book, and so I just want to give you the opportunity to do so. If you text SVP, SVP, to 31996, we'll give you a free copy of it. It's it's something that I wrote, like I poured my heart and soul into this thing, 12 years of experience. Even I wrote it down. Yeah, it's so, guys, and we're giving it away for free. I mean, it's basically all of our frameworks, all of our scale accelerators, what we'll do for you is just kind of send you that book, and if you need help in real estate, that's our world, is we help you find high caliber leverage, and we have awesome people like Nikki on our, our show all the time. Nikki, you're going to go everywhere. iTunes, websites. You're gonna, we're going to send this out to everyone. So here's the other really funny thing. Um, I somehow did not process that this was a Facebook Live 
interview. I love that. So I love that. When I, when I realized that yesterday and I'm thinking, okay, well, okay, it's summer, but I still need to put makeup on because, you know, cameras and all yeah. that stuff. And uh, it's, it's definitely, it, it, it changed my thought process when I was getting ready for jury duty this morning. There you go. I get it. Lenny uh, mentioned, he just says, Nikki, I agree. I do the same thing. I'm very concerned about dual agency. And I think as the industry is shifting away from or towards, I guess, more information in the consumer's hands, I think the idea of having your own broker is, is also. So Lenny, me, you, and Nikki were 100% tied. We love I, I, and, and I think there's a, there's a distinction. And of course, in every jurisdiction, it's yep. different. But like as an example, if I have a listing and someone in my office brings a buyer, each person has their own, you know, their own designated yep. representative, which sure. is distinct. And we're both within the same brokerage. So it's brokerage level dual agency. That right. I, you know, fine. But me as an individual, I, I'm not, I avoid it as much as I possibly can. Totally get it. Hey, Nikki, I was noticing all of your certifications. You've got a lot of them. Like, it's kind of crazy how many actually. It's like a paragraph. Tell us about the ones that you found the most value in and what, and what they've done for your career. Um, so when I do continuing ed, I try to find things that are interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so at my local board, they offer, and again, I'm in New York City and I'm in Manhattan and I'm not a realtor, so I don't have, I could take all of the courses that NAR offers, but I can't use the designations. Got it. Why did you, right? so you're choosing not to be a, a NAR member. That's interesting. Well, in New York City, I'm a member of a board that's not a realtor board. In, oh, so that's the main difference. Yeah, yeah so, the, so, so Rebney, is not it's not like it's the Long Island Board of Realtors or right. the board, you know so that so anyway um, when I do my continuing ed I try to find things that are interesting and might be potentially useful yep. um, a couple of years ago the the uh, they offered the certified negotiation expert courses at my real estate board so mm -hmm. I thought that would be an interesting course to take. When I think about it, I spend most of my time negotiating for something, both in yes. business and in life. Um, that particular course was, it was fascinating. Mostly, I felt it reinforced many of the things that I was already instinctively doing, but because I wasn't trained, yeah. I wasn't really as aware. So that was, that was great. And it, and it taught me more about sort of planning out my negotiation strategy. Again, yep. now with the awareness of the things that I'm actually doing. The other thing that was really interesting about it is that from that course, I became good friends with a, a, a group of people in the class and we formed a mastermind group that uh -huh. then continued to meet. And we met for probably a couple of years, like every month or every other month. At some point, one of us told the instructor that we had all grouped together to do this. So yeah. then the instructor came and sort of participated in our group as well. And yeah. when, they offered, when they offered the additional levels of the course, I took those. And those three, the three CNEs together um, 
enable you to get the master certified negotiation expert designation. Um, and then at one point they brought the certified buyer representative course mm -hmm. to my local board. And that same subgroup that I was talking about, our mastermind group, actually helped sort of tweak some of the things to make it a little bit more relevant for our market. So I took that course as well. And I think it was it was really it was really useful to have a, a framework. Yeah. And I I like I like to plan and I like to analyze things, but it was really it was really great to sort of sit and stop and really think about it. And again, I needed a continuing ed, so I just chose to take something that would be different from what I would normally take. How do you think it's um, moved the needle for your career, like in, in negotiating deals and like, what do you think has happened? I think it has made me much more intentional mm. and much more aware also of the other side of the transaction or the buyer or the seller that I'm dealing right. with. Because it's the same thing. Um, a couple of years ago, I did a course that aligned the disc elements yeah. to yep. selling styles. And so it was kind of like that same thing. These are right. things that you know that you already have in practice, but when you stop and make yourself aware or refresh mm -hmm. your awareness, it just, yeah. it's just like sharpening a pencil. Yep. What's your, what's your uh, personality profile if you did the disc? Um, when I did the disc, it was high D and I think it was either high S or high C. I forget. Yeah. I did it for uh, almost 10 years ago. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Well, I ask because we, we do it too. I mean, we've, we, we have a, something called Market Force, which is a work style indicator report. And every one of our virtual assistants goes through that. And we have our clients do it so we can make really committed matches in kind of assistance. I, I, I loved it. As a, as a matter of fact, when I did it and I saw the report and I said, oh my God, this is me. I actually yes. gave it to some members of my family. I'm like, okay, here's your way <laughs> to understand me. Yeah. See this? This is how I like to be talked to. You know? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is how I like to be talked to and, and it's, it's definitely interesting. That's awesome. Hey, um, you've been uh, quoted a lot. New York Times, Inman, like talk to me about those quotes and how you get into a position of influence and quotability for the the news and and media on a global basis so i think it's interesting because a lot of that goes back to building relationships um one of the first times that i was on tv was to talk about crazy rental amenities and this was right uh, you know uh, and you know maybe early 2010 2011 2012 right. and um that came from a connection to a producer on twitter because i had been engaging in conversations and sharing content that was relevant to my market and what yeah. i knew about the market so i get a message hey we're looking for this that and the other is this you? And I said, well, yeah, I can, I can do that. Same thing. There's a, there, there are reporters that you build those relationships with and I'll get an email or I'll get a phone call. Hey, I'm working on this story. Do you, have you experienced this or do you know someone that has? And right. more often than not, 
it's it's that it's literally that direct connection where my cell phone will ring and I'll see that I'll see the reporter's name and you know I'll, if I can answer it I'll answer it right then and there if not I'll send them an email or a text and say hey you know I'm tied up right now call me in two hours yeah makes sense so you're just making um, okay I'm gonna break it down because I'm my brain works like one, two, three. What you've done is you find interesting content in your local real estate market. You hold yourself out as the expert and put that content out in the world. And then you've created relationships with other people by stalking the right appropriate people and being involved in their world. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's sometimes, it's not even necessarily stalking. Some of these things sort of evolved organically. And years ago, I don't write as often now as I used to before, but I used to write, a, I used to write a couple of blog posts every week. And one of them every Monday was my, you know, my market observations. Right. It was what I was seeing in the last week and what I was experiencing. And the same thing goes with, you know, most of the time you, you want to share your take on what you've seen. Because the, the media sometimes focuses, you know, in, in New York as an example, a lot, a lot of the time the media is always talking about all the super high-end transactions. And people will say, well, no, I can't possibly buy anything in New York because I can't right. afford it. And I'll say, well, you know, I do have clients or I have clients who have bought, you know, great new studios or two bedrooms or they've, they've, ex they've explored and expanded their, their sort of realm of possibility and they have found something. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, I, I, what did I say to someone the other day? If someone had a caviar, uh, caviar taste on like, uh, you know, Sprite budget or something, it was something <laughs> funny, but it's, yeah. it's everything. It's, you have to know what you're looking for. You have to take the time to kind of analyze it and express that opinion and often the media is focusing on one very particular segment or they're saying that everything today, you know, now is a great time to buy. Now it's a bad time to buy or, you know, the market's going to go down or market's going to go up. And at the right. end of the day, what really matters is your personal situation. Does it make sense for you, John Doe, to consider buying something right now? And what are the reasons why or why not? What are the smart, what are the smart ways that you should proceed? Yeah. And that's not something that you're going to find by reading the latest article in the Times or the Wall Street Journal. It's something you're going to find when you consult with someone who's an expert in your area and talk about your specific needs, your, your needs, your wants, your desires, your financial situation, and take all of those into account. That makes sense. Are you now you're a global person, meaning you speak all these languages, you're in New York, you got probably a lot of people that are flying in to look at property all the time. Like what the, what's that business been like for you? Like, I'm kind of curious um, how you service somebody who's in Japan, for instance, who needs an apartment in New York, you know, like, how what does that look like? Um, I spend a lot of time on my phone. Lots, lots of video calls, you know, what's, I practically live in WhatsApp most of the time. And it's very often trying to, whether you're in Japan or you're in New York, one of the first things that I want to do with you is have an initial consultation where we talk about what it is that you're looking for, whether or not it's really possible, and what the plan should be going forward to actually try to achieve that. 
And that happens whether you're in Japan or you're in Hong Kong. I have a client who's in Hong Kong. It doesn't matter. That's the first step. And it's also a litmus test because we can discover that we don't like each other or we don't, we don't gel or the way that you want to communicate. You want to send me 10 million text messages at all hours of the day and night, and I like to sleep. <laughs> You know, or what the hierarchy of communication is. When will we be doing a Zoom call? When will we be, you know, using WhatsApp? When will we be on the phone? What's email? Like all of those things and what your right. preference is. And everybody has a different preference, which, which means that I have way too many different apps on my phone to try to manage. Right, 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 right. What's been one of the most cha challenging international deals that you've ever had to do? Like what was the, you know tough what's the tough thing about doing those deals um the one of the biggest challenges is often if people don't understand the distinctions between what it's like when they're buying in their market and what it's like to buy here and that's that, that's always that's probably the biggest education piece that happens then mm -hmm. it's also making sure that they have the appropriate people on their team having the right attorney, having the right tax right. advisor, advising on structures. Also, you know, finding people like I have, I work with different attorneys and different attorneys mesh with different clients based right. on their areas of specialization or the languages they speak, because maybe, maybe the clients would prefer to communicate in their native language versus not. And having to hire translators and all of these other. So if in New York, you know, your team of people is maybe, you know, your attorney and your finance person and this, that, and the other. Let's say maybe there's four of us. Yeah. With an international transaction, I could have six or eight different people involved right. or more. And it's managing all of that. And my favorite app, because I can be awful at figuring out time zones on the fly. Yeah. It's, so it's, I'm really, really bad at it. Um, and I always, I always mess it up so that I have to be up ridiculously early because I forget. <laughs> um, it's an app called Time Buddy. Time Buddy. And I have it, yeah, Time Buddy. I have it on my phone. So when I'm trying to schedule, so every, every grouping of clients and people that I have to deal with that are overseas, if we, like, right, I have people that are in Mexico and in Singapore and in Korea. And all of us have to regularly get on phone calls. So that's one group. So I, I create different groups. So when I see that it's, you know, John, Jane, and Jimmy, we all have to get on a call, I can look and I understand what the different time zones are visually. Got it. Got so that I'm not, so that one of us isn't up at a ridiculously early hour. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, hey, Nikki, we are coming to the top of our time together. I really appreciate you um, and sharing everything you, you have. I mean, it's interesting. New York is just a different beast. It's a different animal. So it's awesome to kind of connect with you today. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, what, um, what would you leave our audience with? Like, um, and I know you've got t almost 20 years of experience, so I don't expect you to share it in one line. But what do you think, um, what the, what's the thing of value like them to hear today before we go? Um, building your relationships yeah. are everything. They're sure. everything. And building those and nurturing those will bring you 
will enable you to do more. Um, and what's interesting, it's, uh, it's like the theory of having all these raving fans. Where, yeah. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I am in the middle of, or at the very beginning of performing my civic duty here in New York County. Yep. So um, I see an email a couple of days ago, and it's from someone that I met years ago in my client's apartment when my client was buying their second or third apartment. And she sure. writes, you know, she says, you know, I don't know if you remember me. We met, blah, 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 blah. I want to buy an apartment. And I only want to buy an apartment in like, you know, this 10 block radius. Literally, it's like a 10 block radius. Right. And, but when I speak to her on the phone, I discovered that she had just had dinner with my client and repeated to them that she was interested in maybe trying to figure out if she could do this. And they said, you have to call Nikki. Right. You know, she, she will, she can dial it down. She can help you figure this out. And it's the quality of the relationship that we have built over the last 10 plus years that leads to that, that right. trust that their first up, you got to call Nikki, call her, text her, you know, yeah, that's, that's going to be your, your solution. I love it. I love it. We, um, and if, if you get a copy of the book actually, and I love that you ended it with that because we have this strategy called the three R's Nikki, you're going to love this. So okay. we call it reviews, referrals, and recommendations. And we call them the three R's and we believe, you know, 74% of our business comes from one of those three things. So we're referral based. We're in the real estate world. Um, but reviews are just online reviews, which every, and we have over 255 star reviews. And then referrals are obviously what just happened to you. Your friends said, you got to call Nikki. I love that. And then recommendations are where our clients actually go on the record and do videos with us and tell us how amazing it's been and, and what they're doing that's unique. So we um, strive to get one of those three from every single uh, person that we interact with. And if you want that strategy, you can grab the book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And that's super interesting because one of the things that I'm often fond of saying is that um, every interaction that I have with a client, whether it results in a transaction or not, I kind of judge the quality of it based on how they attempt. There are people who I, who, you know, for whatever reason, their jobs changed, they, did, they didn't buy, they didn't sell but they will consistently say to their friends and their family, you know, you need to talk to Nikki. You need to talk to Nikki. Right. And if that's not happening, I look and I go, well, what did I do differently? Yeah. Why did that not happen? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a big deal. I mean, 70, you know, as a real estate professional, 70% uh, of your business should come from your sphere of influence in referrals. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk to, brokers and agents and people across the country it's wild because when you ask them how much money they're spending on their sphere or referrals they're like oh i'm i'm buying these you know online or i'm doing I, or i've got this crazy marketing thing but they're not loving on their people which is what you and i do and i think it's pretty yeah, important i mean one of, one of the things that i used to do i used to buy um restaurant cards yeah uncustomized and they went out to, they went out to my clients, they went out to people who sent me business, but yeah. to like my very, very, like my, let's say my top like five or 10% that yeah. constantly was sending, yeah. the note 
because there was a handwritten note with each one. But if you were in that top sort of, let's say that A group of client, your note actually said, I look forward to taking you to enjoying a meal with you. Yeah. You know, and if I, and if I could remember their favorite cuisine, which now, thank God, I can write in their little, uh, in their entry in my database. So right. I can say, you know, let's pick one of these great me Mexican restaurants or pick one of these great sushi places. Because to me, that is a worthwhile investment of time, not only money, but also time, because it feels like in a world where so much there's, you know, I've got two phones sitting right next to me and you know, the computer and everything else. There's so much out there, but to be able to spend that face-to-face -face time yeah. is, is really so priceless. I love it. We're gonna end there, Nikki. Thank you so much for your time. Guys, if you wanna get a copy of the book and on my three R strategy, text SVP to 31996. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. Nikki, you've been amazing. Thank you for sharing all this lovely information about your market and what you've done. I'm, I'm texting it now. She's doing it now. We've, we've got her. She's going to be hiring a virtual professional soon through my test. Appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Um, and I've, I've had a great time. Thanks. That was fabulous. Thanks so much.